Good morning. Today is Monday, December the 18th, and we're studying the Bible study guide for the fourth quarter of 2023. The Bible study guide for this quarter is called God's Mission, My Mission. Today we're studying lesson number 12, and the reading for today is called In a Foreign Court. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings you give us every day and your love and your care and your compassion for us and how you watch us and look out for us. And Father, as we're about to study this Bible study guide, we ask you to send us your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Eventually, after the fall of Babylon and the rise of Medo-Persia, many of the Jews returned to their ancestral lands, but not all returned. Some remained where they had been living for a generation or more. With this background in mind, we have a bit in, of the context for the story of Esther. In those days, when King Ashuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel. Here is where the biblical narrative unfolds, the Persian Empire under this king. In chapter 1, Queen Vashti falls out of the favor with the king, which leads him to look for another queen, one to replace the now disfavored Vashti. It is in this context that Esther and her cousin Mordecai first appear. We now have a question in our reading. Read Esther 2, 1 through 9, and here's a question. What do these verses teach us about the situation of Mordecai and Esther? Let's read. Esther 2, 1 through 9. After these things, when the anger of King Ahasuerus had abated, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's young men who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought out for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem in Susa, the citadel, under the custody of Haggai the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. Let their cosmetics be given them, and let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This pleased the king, and he did so. Now there was a Jew in Susa and the citadel, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, son of Shemai, son of Kish, a Benjamite, who'd been carried away from Jerusalem among the captives carried away when Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is, Esther, the daughter of his uncle, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was lovely to look at. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So when the king's order and his edict were proclaimed, and when many young women were gathered in Susa the citadel in custody of Haggai, Esther was also taken into the king's palace and put in custody of Haggai, who had charge of the women. And the young woman pleased him and won his favor, and he quickly provided her with her cosmetics and her portion of food, and with seven chosen young women from the king's palace, and advanced her and her young women to the best place in the harem. Okay. So, what do these verses teach us about the situation of Mordecai and Esther? So, it lets us know what's going on. Uh, King Ahasuerus had gotten rid of his previous queen, Vashti, and he's looking for a new queen. And um, he was told, you know, look for all the young virgins in the, king, in the kingdom and choose the, the one you like the most, the prettiest one. Uh, 
And so uh, Mordecai was Esther's cousin. And since Esther has lost her father and her mother, Esther was living with Mordecai and he was like a father to her. And so since Esther was very, very beautiful, she was one of the girls that was chosen, one of the women that was chosen to be part of this harem for the king that he was going from where he was going to choose the next queen. Well, it seems that Mordecai, as a royal officer, was sitting at the gate of the palace and was reciting in the city of Shushan with his adopted daughter or cousin Esther. Now, I want to make a note here. Some versions say Shushan, some versions say Susa. And so that's the same city. Because of their position and living where they did, they were immersed in the Persian culture. This must be at least part of the reason Esther was chosen to be presented to the king. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. And now we have another question in our reading. Read Esther 2, verses 10 and 20. And here's a question. What was going on here, and why would Mordecai give her such a command? So let's take a look at verse 10. Esther had not made known her people or kindred, for Mordecai had commanded her not to make it known. And now verse 20. Esther had not made known her kindred or her people, as Mordecai had commanded her. For Esther obeyed Mordecai just as when she was brought up by him. And so Mordecai had given Esther a command. Don't let anyone know where you're from. Don't let anyone know that you are a Jew. Don't let anyone know your people, your kindred. Don't let anyone know that. Though the text does not say precisely why, it's not hard to guess. As aliens in a foreign culture and religion that we will see could be hostile, they were wise in keeping silent about their family and people. And now we end the reading for today with a few questions. What circumstance might you think of where it could be prudent not to be overt about our faith? Or should we never do that? And if not, why not? And so, uh, this is a good question. Fortunately, this doesn't pertain to myself and to many people who live in this area. But to some people who live in other countries where it is actually uh, frowned upon or maybe even illegal to be a Christian, it is prudent not to go around saying, hey, look at me, I'm a Christian. It's prudent not to do that. It's prudent to stay quiet, not say much, uh, be careful, uh, use uh, wisdom, uh, and, and in a situation like that. And the question is, or should we never do that? And so I believe it is, it is a good thing to not do. So somebody might say, well, isn't that lying? Because you're not saying what you are. Remember, lying is saying something or that's not true or trying to deceive someone. Not saying anything is not lying. And, and we have examples in Jesus' life. We know that Jesus never lied because he didn't sin. And lying is one of the, the, the commandments. We shouldn't be, be lying. And so uh, it, sometimes Jesus kept quiet. He didn't say anything. He just kept quiet. So if we are going to hurt people or if we're going to hurt our family or we're going to hurt the cause of God, it is best to be quiet under those circumstances. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we ask you to help us to remember how best to act about our faith. Sometimes it's best to be quiet. Sometimes it's best to share. Sometimes it's best to just live a good life around people. And so you you can tell us what to do. So if we surrender to you daily, if we're in communication with you, if, we're, if we have uh, the spirit of praying without ceasing, you will guide us with um, your uh, with your hand, which path we need to walk in. And so if you want us to, to say something, you will let us know. If you don't want us to say something, you will also let us know. But the key is we have to be surrendered to you. We ask you to please be with us the rest of this day. Take care of us, protect us from any harm, and keep us close to you. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. I encourage you to join us again tomorrow morning as we continue to study this Bible study guide. It's called God's Mission, My Mission. Thank you and God bless you.